This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You give me one shot here on a blue chip stock. Believe me, Kevin, the only problem I'm going to have is that you didn't buy more. Nobody knows if the stock is going to go up, down, sideways, or in circles. What's going on, NBA Draft fans? Your boys are back. The Wolves of Ball Street, your favorite scout's favorite scout. Time to lock in with the NBA Draft Show on the No Ceilings NBA Podcast feed. My name's Corey Telva. I'm here, as always, with my co-host, Albert Garbage Time Gim. Albert, what's going on, man? Uh, it's the winter, and uh, people get sick in the winter. And that's yeah. um, the fact. what happened to me. Caught a little bit of a cold, but, um, you know... We make it work out here. Merry Christmas, Corey. Yeah. Um, didn't even say Merry Christmas to you and Merry Christmas to, I mean, we're already past Christmas, but belated Christmas to all of our <laughs> listeners out there. And uh, happy holidays. There's, you know, you got New Year's coming up. You're right. This is the last NBA draft show of the calendar year. Wow. It's going to be a good one, too. It is going to be a good one. It's going to be a really fun one. We are just straight up catering Big Blue Nation right kentucky episode basically we're covering two kentucky guards reed shepherd rob dillingham we're starting with a bang you know coming in hot with rob dillingham so i mean rob dillingham i think is one of the more interesting guys uh in the class you know especially from the no ceilings perspective considering this was a guy that i think that most of the people not all but certainly most of the people uh, at No Ceilings were kind of like, maybe not for me, right? Like, um, was not on our first big board. Um, right. I, and, you know, I, I think based on what we had seen um, from his previous, you know, high school stuff and OTE and Donda Academy and all that kind of, like, it was just like small guard, likes to get his own bucket plays a little bit out of control. Um, maybe, you know, this is a guy that let's wait and see if anything, but given the direction of the league, we, I think we were just kind of like, eh. right. Uh, but Rob Dillingham has been a ton of fun, man. He, and he has really turned some heads and flipped the perspective on his game, I think. So Rob Dillingham, Kentucky guard, he's listed at six three one seventy six. Um, mm-hmm. I don't, he definitely put on weight since last year and has gotten stronger. I don't know, 176 or not. Uh, and the 6-3, I would probably say no. Uh, I saw yeah. him live. He did not look 6-3 last year, but he's young. Maybe he grew a little bit, but he definitely looks broader and, and stronger. Um, he is playing 23.1 minutes per game, averaging 14.2 points, 3.9 rebounds, 4.3 assists, mostly off the bench. Uh, 46.8, 44.4, 71.4 splits, 54.8 effective field goal percentage, 7.3 BPM. Um, 
currently no ceilings has him at 14 espn has him at 16 bleacher report at 10 the athletic at 15 yahoo at 10 tankathon at 12 average stock price of 12.8 so albert is rob dillingham's stock price too high too low or is it just right i think um i mean he probably has the most volatile stock price of anybody so far as you mentioned Corey. for our first one we didn't even have him on our big board um i had him in the hundreds i believe initially to start just because Corey, just with everything that you said in the in the intro he was a guy that uh to put it plainly he was a guy i was terrified of um he was a guy that was going to a big school uh that had some guards and i was really curious to see what it was going to look like. And uh, from what we've seen from the beginning of the season, things have been pretty damn encouraging in terms of his play. Um, and so his stock price being in that 12 area, I think is totally fair considering everything, like not just, you know, his meteoric rise, right? Um, not just in our board, but others as well. But I, I think if you consider everything, the type of player that he is, and as I said, his, his draft stock has been volatile. It, it, it doesn't mean it's going to stop being that way. Um, he's had a good start to the season. Doesn't mean he can't have a rough end to the season as well. But when we're talking about where he is right now, from what I've seen, I think that's a pretty fair stock price. I do too, especially in this class, right? Where it's like, I think at a certain point in the lottery, teams are going to be like, hey, not a ton of guys who are worth like a big time swing, but maybe Rob Dillingham is like, you know, maybe there's a guy who can be your lead guard or maybe it's worst case. Like he's a guy who could be a gunner off the bench. Um, but like you said, I do think there is volatility to his draft stock while I think this season has mostly been positive for him. Uh, and I think he shifted the perspective based on how he plays and the nuance and he's more than a gunner. He certainly showed that so far early on this season, but like I think back to Sharif Cooper and like, this is a guy who we were all shocked. Like he dropped to the second round, right. At, at the time of the draft, uh, which we were, you know, attending in person. And, um, you know, that so far has looked like, I guess the right decision, right? Like Sharif has not really gotten an opportunity in the league. Now, different players, like, you know, Rob definitely has a, a better reputation as a shooter than Sharif did. Um, but at the end of the day, it, it might come down to simply like small guard and like our NBA team's going to want to invest in that, especially one that does have questions throughout his game, um, even if there are some really high highs. So let's get into that game. Let's start it out. I think if you're going to talk Rob Dillingham, I mean, you have to start with the shooting, yeah. right? Like that, that's kind of where we got to go. Cause I think that uh, ultimately <clears throat> That's something that he's going to be able to come in and you can confidently be like, at the very least, like he's, he's a shooter. He's got a smooth stroke and he doesn't have to have the ball in his hands. You can play him off ball. He will be capable of knocking down these catch and shoot looks. And I think, you know, with the way the game is headed with those big jumbo creators, you need to be able to play off ball. And, and I think that Rob can most certainly do that. He's shooting 44.4% um, from three so far this year. No, 100% agree, Corey. I think, um, well, first off, that number you just read off, that's 44.4% per game on 4.1 attempts per game. Um, not super high volume, 
but also not super low volume. I think it's a pretty decent, good volume for him. Um, as you've mentioned, he can do it off the catch, but also a guy who is really comfortable shooting it off the dribble. Um, a guy who really enjoys that part of his game. But just if we get down to just the mechanics of it all, I, I definitely like his jump shot a lot. Um, gets it off pretty easy. Uh, looks fluid. Looks pretty repeatable. Just a guy that is what he likes to do. You know, there, there's some people when you see them, I don't know, you, you meet someone and then you see them in their element and then they make a lot more sense as a person, if that makes sense. You know, um, I think. Corey, if it's, if it's, you know, we just meet you on the street and then we see you uh, at some fine dining restaurant eating with your wife, enjoying a beautiful meal, it makes more sense. Um, <laughs> some guys just look different in different contexts. And I think with Rob, when he's cooking offensively and he's getting his shot off and, you know, he's comfortable doing his thing, it, it looks great. It looks like what he was meant to do. Uh, he is a he's an offense first player is what I'd say. Uh, I don't think that's a stretch by any means. Um, <laughs> but when it comes to the shooting, for sure, I, I like it a lot. Um, Corey, what you mentioned before about the small guard thing, I think is such an interesting conversation because we just did a pod recently on Tyler Colick, small guard, right? Um, you mentioned Sharif Cooper, small guard. Uh, we've done Peyton Pritchard in the past, small guard. And it, it really, it's so hard. You know, and re recently in New York, there's been big conversation on Twitter, obviously, with the Becky Hammond comments talking about a guy like a Jalen Brunson, also a small guard. But it, it really does depend. Right. Um, I, I think the reason why Dillingham and his stock might be volatile is because he's small, but he's also small if that makes sense. And what I mean by that is yes, he's small in height, but also his body, he's, he's gained muscle to his credit. Right. But he's mm -hmm. still not like an overwhelmingly tough bruising type of guard. Like a Jalen Brunson is Jalen Brunson is listed at six, two, but I, I think even that's a stretch, but the way that he plays yeah. with his bruising style, right. He's got a big sturdy body. He loves girth. banging into people girth, right. Um, a sturdiness to him that makes sense at that height and Dillingham's going to be interesting to watch because as I mentioned before, he's a guy that really likes to shoot the ball and he has a nice looking stroke, but he is a small, small guard. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, for sure. And I think like when you look at Jalen Brunson, right, he's got like a very sturdy frame right. and like lower body. Uh-huh. Center. Grade. You know? Yeah. And yeah. So like, I think, and is like, I don't know, is Jalen Brunson six foot? Even, you know, like he might not even be six foot. I don't know. Like, um, but because he is strong enough and I mean, I, I think Rob definitely has craft to his game. Um, maybe not as crafty as Jalen Brunson does. And Jalen's also a lefty and, you know, 5% advantage to lefties. But um, it was also like a, a, a tough path for Jalen Brunson. This is a guy who was super accomplished coming out of college, ended up being um, what a very early second round pick. And, you know, it took him a few years in the league to, to get the reputation, to, to earn the opportunity to become what he's become. And like, who knows in a different situation, if you even get that opportunity, you know, opportunities are, are not always there, even if they should be sometimes. So um, I definitely think the small guard thing, and this is going to be the case for both of these guys, right? you know, right, that, that we're covering today. Um, but I think, you know, in particular with Rob, because he is a little bit slighter of frame, you know, there's that worry because, you know, we'll talk about his defense or whatever. Like, you know, that's ultimately the worry is, okay, you have to be good enough offensively that the defense will live with the repercussions. And 
we were, you know, we're watching a lot of really impressive clips. I mean, this is an insane, like in transition, stop on a That's dime. So yeah. Pull. Crazy. Right. But it, it does come down to with Rob too. Like it's not always the best shot selection. And while I think he's done a way better job, I think I saw something where it's like, Cal says that he gets like three iffy decisions a half, like that you just got to live with it. And I actually love that. I think that that's like a super appropriate um, way to like coach a guy like this, where if they're getting too crazy, you can yank them, but you do give them a little bit of freedom to kind of live how they've always lived. And like, but you know, like this shot here, another one, quick pull in transition. It's not that you hate, a quick pull in transition for a shooter like Rob shooting 44% on the year. But it's like this one in particular, it's like it's contested. Like you don't need that at this point, right? Like you can get that look whenever you want. So I think that's the balance that Rob needs to continue to find. And I thought that he was doing it a little bit more earlier in the year and it he's reverted a little bit more recently. And I think that's reflected in the numbers. So I, I want to read you his first seven games in November. He shot 53, 53, 75, and he had 40 assists to nine turnovers. Right. Just played a super nuanced game, mature. Over his last four games in December, 38, 27, 67 splits, seven assists to nine turnovers. So as you know, Kentucky gets into conference play. And you're starting to see tougher opponents on a night-to-night basis. This is what we're going to have to see with Rob because, I mean, the dude has a lot of talent. He's a versatile shot maker. Um, you know, not only is he like a catch-and-shoot guy, this is a guy that can move around the court and, you know, you, he can knock down shots off movement. So there's like a lot of valuable offensive skills and, and in particular shooting. Um, but you know, if the shot's not dropping, is the value going to be there? What else is he doing to make up for that? Because we know that even, you know, I, I think I've been impressed with his defense this year. I'll go as far as saying that sure. he's still the size that he is. And, you know, we'll break that down a little bit more um, a little later, but that, that's kind of the, the uphill battle that he's got. And right now he's struggling. So like, what are, what else can he rely on? Early on, he was a playmaker. Now it's, he's kind of reverting back. Corey, I, I think I think it's really interesting the point that you brought up because you brought it up while you were playing some clips of him playing against UNC because I, I thought that ca- that game was a really interesting like case study uh, for Rob Dillingham because he ended up you know in that game having like what seventeen points right it's you just look at the box score and you go oh a guy had seventeen points against you know one of the major programs in the country. Uh, and they won that game, right? From what I remember, and it's like, okay, good for him, right? And that you kind of write that down as a W. But it, it's interesting that you brought up this conver- this part of the conversation during these clips, because I thought that game was kind of a weird game for him. Um, I, I thought there were some real moments where I was a little confused um, because Corey, <clears throat> the reason why he wasn't on our board and was a guy that we weren't really thinking about before the season started was because of the OTE stuff, the stuff, the high school stuff. Like he, uh, and, and I think I told you this in private, but watching him last year reminded me of guys like Julian Newman 
and like GOYs on TikTok. Like just some of the crazy dribbling a million times into a wildly contested jump shot was just not my favorite stuff. Um, but then like you mentioned, Corey, that first month or two in college, he did show a different side of his game that we completely just were not expecting at all. Um, but And then the funny thing though is, Corey, as I watch Rob, there's still times where he'll make a shot and it's like, that's not too different from what you were doing last year. Um, yeah. To give you an example. Like right the here. One yeah, the <laughs> one right here. Like when you see him take this shot and his legs are like crossing in the air and stuff, and you're just like, what's, what is this? Right. But it goes in and then you find yourself like really questioning yourself. Like, okay, am I being too harsh? How do I feel about this guy? Like he's just like completely twisting in the air, but the, the shot goes in. And the thing is, Corey, like I, I think, once again, and, and I started with this, and I want to continue to emphasize this, we are much higher on him now, but we could end up being much lower on him later is kind of how I continue to think about Rob Dillingham. But I, something that I did want to mention, Corey, as we were kind of talking about the small guard thing, the one thing that I want to do give him credit for is considering his size, stature, and, you know, it's, a, it's going to be an uphill battle for him, I think, for his whole career. Right, because of that aspect of you know, his you can't really change your height. Um, uh, but the thing that I do like about him, he's really athletic. Um, he yeah, is a really he athletic is. guard, and we've seen him in transition in the open floor do some things that kind of make your jaw drop. Um, he's had some really, really nice dunks in transition. And let's say six three is generous and he's really like six one. Um, it's like this exactly the shepherd steel breakaway into the windmill. That's a really, really athletic move <laughs> to do in transition off one foot like that is a really, really sick thing. And so I, I just wanted to give him credit for that, where, of course, you know, being smaller is going to be tough for him. But I think he's already shown us that he can develop like in terms of like his physique, as we've seen, you know, Adu Fierro has gone through the same thing. DJ Wagner has gone through the same thing. And, you know, uh, Rob as well. If he can continue to work on his physique and have this, have, sorry, have this type of athleticism, shot making, you know, offensive volatility to his game, I, I think it's something that needs to be credited to him. Although he's small in stature, this type of athleticism, I do think is really, really impressive. He he's super quick twitch and like explosive. Yeah. Um, yeah. And he's able to get the spots on the floor because of his quickness um, that you're like, all right, like there's more here than just like a guy who is going to gun, um, which is why sometimes you're like, yeah, you didn't need to settle for that right. ball. Don't stop shot, <laughs> you know, like, um, but you know, he, he is like really quick in transition. Um, you know, he'll grab and go. And like, he's actually been, he's really rebounded the ball. Well, he's got like a 16.4 defensive rebounding percentage, which is, you know, really impressive for a guy that we're saying is like super, you know, small. And while he is super quick, like, you know, in this clip that we're playing against St. Joseph's where he does take it coast to coast off the board, <clears throat> like he also has like super like slow to fast speed too. And he'll slow down and like, he can decelerate a little bit. Um, and play with different pace. It's it's not like the it's weird because it's not like the smoothest like right. pace that you've ever seen. You know, like from a small guard. Like, I think Malik Max pace this mm -hmm. in in this class is like like I love his pace. He reminds me a little bit of Jalen Brunson. Rob's got like a weird pace where he'll go super fast and then it's like slow and then he'll go super fast again. But it's like I don't know. It doesn't 
it doesn't have that same smoothness all the time, but it's arguably more effective um, because he is so quick. So, uh, you know, he does have, you know, a lot of positives when he does attack. And I think that's helped him as a playmaker um, as well. Uh, but I, I do think that there are also finishing concerns and that's where we see the size and, and, you know, the strength and stuff like um, he needs to finish better at the hoop. I mean, he's 55% in the half court. Um, and I think, you know, re- it's more of like recent struggles. I would say that he he's kind of um, struggled at the rim, but like you see that he, he definitely when, when he's in traffic, sometimes it could be an issue for him. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Hmm. No, I, I agree, Corey. It's something that I was thinking about while you were talking. A lot of times when we have like smaller guards that are like quick, they we use the term like, oh, he's a jitterbug. Um Rob, don't yeah. take this the wrong way, but I think of you as more of like a water bug. Um, because you do have some of that speed to you, but like you can also fly. Uh when I've been when I've been in the Dominican Republic before, some of the more uh jarring, terrifying moments is what like when I'll be in the bathroom. And there's a water bug that, you know, essentially looks just like a cockroach that's just flying into your face. And you start to question life, right? Like, I paid all this money to be at this beautiful resort, and there's a cockroach flying in my face. But um, <laughs> besides that point, Rob Dillingham is this type of guy, though. Like, he, Corey, that pl- the one that you played before, right, that little hesitation move, that wasn't pretty. Like, it was a really effective move, but neither of us would be, like, if we were kids and we saw that move, neither of us would be going to, the to like, our driveway being like, oh, I want to try that move. Like, it didn't look the best, um, but it works and it's effective. And I think sometimes we can get too caught up in, you know, I don't know, the minutia of basketball sometimes. And just sometimes you got to give a kid credit for working on his game and you got to give kid a kid credit for, you know, developing in different areas that maybe weren't his strengths. But... You know, the the last point that you made about finishing at the rim, being strong, finishing through contact, um, ball security, right, which is something that I like to think about a lot. And I think a lot of that's because, you know, New York City background for both of us. But, you know, New York City guards have always been notorious about being so physical going to the rim, whether, you know, 
recently Lance Stevenson or Telfair or Marbury or Strickland or Kenny Anderson or whatever, there's always been an emphasis of, you know, you've got to be a small, strong guard that protects the ball going all the way to the rim and you got to finish amongst the trees. And I think, you know, with Rob though, Corey, I will say, I think he's got to get stronger and he's got to get better at finishing through contact, but he's got like a little asshole in him. Like he's, he's feisty. And I think sometimes that spirit uh, the anger and the frustration and the emotional side of players can overcome physical limitations as well sometimes. Like, th- there was a moment in that no- North Carolina game where he got into someone's face, and you see it, like, every single game. Even He'll tell game someone they're too small. Exactly. Even that game against Penn, right? They're, like, winning by a good amount, and he starts getting, like, chirpy and kind of nasty with guys. I'm just like, that's a good thing. Right. And, you know, us being New York guys and we've played basketball before, although, you know, obviously you played on a much higher level than me. It's okay. I've played on blacktop as well. But it's we know how physical you need to be. But also it's not just the physicality. It's the mentality and spirit. And I think Rob does have that where, of course, he's going to lack some of that strength and he's going to continue to work on that. The feistiness and aggression that he has makes me a little bit more. um I'm a little bit more optimistic about him eventually getting better at it. But Corey, I'm with you in that at this point in his development, it is something we need to highlight as something he needs to continue to work on. Yeah. It's he's got a little bit of like a mighty mouse 2.0 to him. Okay. You know, a little bit um, just granted different error. So, uh, (laughs) but you know, he's, he, he does, he's herky jerky. He's, he could oddly be a bully at times given his lack of strength. And I think when you are that size, sometimes like you need that, that little extra edge just to, you know, be able to do the things that you do and, and finish through contact and whatever. And like I said, he's at 55% this, this year on the whole in the half court, he's obviously a blaze in transition. Um, I do think that sometimes like he settles too much going to the rim when I actually think that, he has like a really effective floater because he has good touch. Yeah. You know, and he's only taken six floaters this year. So like, I think this is like a shot you can, he can get to way more often. And if he gets, he's able to mix up when he's like going all the way to the hoop, when he's firing away from three and like working on that in between game here. Um, I think that's something he, he has to do a little bit more often because, you know, fellow Kentucky guard, Emmanuel quickly has made, <laughs> he's going to make himself a lot of money being able to get to that shot because especially Rob's got good vision. Right. And, you know, similarly to, to quickly, like now in the NBA level spaced floor, you know, legit lob threat. Like now we don't know if you're going to go for the floater or not. And if that big has to step up to contest that floater, now the, the roller or the guy in the dunker spot or whatever come over and you can hit him for the lob too. So I think this is a shot he, he just needs to incorporate more often because it's there. He has it in his bag. He's got to go to it a little bit more often. No, I agree, Corey. And also something that we, you know, we kind of mentioned passing before good mid range shooter too, you know, a guy Mm -hmm. that likes to shoot from the mid range. And I think that's something that, you know, we always, always talk about, right. An important part, the in-between game, as you mentioned, and in the NBA with more spacing, higher pick and roll stuff, he's going to have more of a runway to make some decisions, right. He's going to be able to have, he's going to have the freedom to take, you know, a lot of clean looks from the mid range or, you know, attack all the way to the rim or throw up those floaters 
receivers and he's got good touch. And also, Corey, you, you bring up the quickly thing. I, I even think he's a better passer than quickly was at the same stage of their mm-hmm. development. And so with Rob and also a better athlete, I, I love IQ. I know I've been a big critic of his always, but IQ's a really good player and is, you know, cr- you know, developed into a really strong third guard uh, and i think dillingham could even be that or better even just once again because it, just athleticism is god-given and he has that athleticism which i think is awesome but also he is a good shooter as we highlighted at the top and a guy with good offensive instincts it's just you know sometimes those instincts this is what i think Corey, and, and i just talked about this right like i think there's this weird fusion that happens sometimes with his instincts plus his emotions plus like chip on the shoulder and then i think when those three combine and create the perfect storm shout out to mark Wahlberg, george clooney um you know (laughs) these things can get a little messy for him and leads to you know maybe not the best decisions however once again you know he's he's a he's a young man and i think he's going to continue to that's jesus christ i just said young man Weird. God damn it. Uh, that's the most washed thing I've ever said um, on our pod, but uh, it's okay. We'll move on. Uh, but no, Rob is a guy that I think when he can really harness that energy and start to kind of, you know, think, um, you know, more with his head rather than his heart at times, I think we're going to see a really interesting player. But of course, none of that is guaranteed. So, but I also see. think, I also think he is to his credit, done like a really good job of, of doing that. And I think, you know, when you look at his turnover percentage, it's 11% um, compared to that play, uh, you know, assist percentage in in the thirties right now. And just his like willingness, like I would have thought, and the reason I was lower on him be like, all right, he's going to be a ball stopper. Yes. You know, like, and you know, there was a, a part of me that was kind of holding out hope just because, you know, Kentucky, does love running guards like him, you know, off movement, floppy actions and stuff. And like, I I think given the fact that he can shoot it like that and he's comfortable shooting off movement and stuff, there was always a path to success in that system where like we're seeing a guy like DJ Wagner struggle because he doesn't have that same ability. Um, But to Rob's credit, I feel like instead of being a ball stopper, he's a guy who like is willing to most of the time make really quick decisions. And like, I think this play right here is like yeah. a really good example of that because, you know, uh, this is the the type of quick decisions and, and unselfish play. That's like contagious, you know, little like give, go and give back to the big. And like, I don't know, it was just, it's really slick. And, and, and I think that he's been really, really willing to not only just make like flashy passes when he gets in the paint, but he's just like willing to be a good teammate and play like a really unselfish brand of basketball that I think has allowed him to actually stay on the floor because I was really worried about him after global jam kind of being the player that I expected. But now like, you know, he's making one more passes to, to different guys, right? Like he's doing all of the things that you want to do that you're like, all right, he is also going to be able to play in a system, even if he is not the system in and of itself. And given the fact that I don't know if he has that same, like Trey young engine of a team type Mm. thing to his game, the fact that he is willing to just kind of play the nuanced, like unselfish team game, I think is a, you know, something that is going to benefit him a lot. And also maybe it's, better that he doesn't have the Trey Young engine to his game thing because like I don't know what's the ceiling on that kind of player and maybe in a smaller role where you let Rob be Rob like 
he can be really effective in a way that you don't have to build your team around him, but he's an important piece of it. Mm-hmm. Corey, I think when all is said and done, it's going to be really interesting to see Rob play. Okay, we're going to do Reed Shepard soon, but I, they play really well off of each other. Oh, and yeah. I think that needs to be noted. And it's going to be interesting to see him play without Reed Shepard next season on some NBA team because they have got great synergy. And there's something about them playing together that makes both of them better, um, which kind of speaks to your point, Corey, where it it might be a thing where we end up looking at these two guards kind of like how we looked at Tyrese Maxey and Emmanuel quickly coming out together, right? Like two guys, both first round picks. Both having both end, ending up becoming solid NBA guards. And Maxi's obviously all star level now, but you know, two guys that can really play at the NBA level at a high level. And I think mm-hmm. with Rob, Corey, I think it's really important to note that what you said about, you know, him growing or maybe not growing. Well, okay, we can say both, but him showing more of the passing stuff and also growing as a passer, I think was a really big surprise for us considering what we saw last year, but also like, it's hard to kind of pinpoint for sure where that's coming from. It could be a lot of different things. It could be coaching. It could be playing with Reed. It could be a lot of different things, right? But it's it's definitely been a positive for him, and it's been something that has been delightful to watch. That play that you showed before, the little give-and-go, back-and-forth passing stuff, that looked like late 2000s, 2010s, prime Barcelona tiki-taka football. <laughs> like, that's what that looked like. It was awesome stuff, right? So I think... If Rob can continue to grow and continue to tap in now, but Corey, it's so interesting though, because at the top, you also mentioned how in December it's fallen off a little bit, right? But at the same time, people will then come at us and be like, hey guys, uh, we're talking about a two month sample size. You want to relax? And if to that, we'd say, okay, cool. Right. And we'd be totally okay with that. (laughs) And Corey, who knows, maybe in January, he has another lights out month and then February, a bad month. This stuff happens. Right. But I think what is important, though, is the flashes have been good. And at least he has flashes where some guys don't even give us flashes. And that pass right there, right off of kind of like, you know, he was kind of stuck in the air, but throws a really nice weak side pass to the corner to Reeves for the three. Still, that's a pass that some guys may not make, you know. Um, Yeah. And he has the creativity and like the improvisational skills to do it and the willingness to, to do it. So it's like it's a skill and he draws that pressure like like the defense is collapsing there because like they know he's a threat to shoot the ball. So like it opens these things up, like that's going to be there for him at the next level too. And I think like totally agree, like him and Reed, unbelievable synergy, like probably the best out of, you know, like any backcourt um, in college basketball this year, just from a, like these two guys just get each other type um, perspective. Right. But I also think that like he has had really great synergy with Trey Mitchell. Yes. And in the pick and pop game and like, you know, it, it, the next level, you know, you put him in a system with a, a big that could space the floor. I, I think that'll work, you know, like, so I, I think that he's just a guy who was bought in to the team. He is playing with other guys that, you know, are good at basketball too and, and are willing to also play in that style and it's contagious and he's bought in. And I think he probably saw like, Hey, like, I might have to go to a different school next year after Global Jam if I don't change what I'm doing. Um, I, after Global Jam, I was like, I don't like this dude might not be in the rotation, <laughs> like you know, halfway through the year. But he's come out, bought in, and he's 
he's been awesome on the offensive side of the floor. And hopefully these, this four game stretch for him is just kind of, you know, uh, an outlier part of the year. And the, the, I don't know if he's going to 50, 50, you know, shooting splits or whatever, but like, you know, he, he goes back to knocking down, you know, shots at a higher clip, taking better shots and becoming, you know, the playmaker that he showed the potential to be. No, uh, I agree, man. The, these, uh, these hook passes to Trey Mitchell. Awesome. Yeah. Like awesome. really nice, you know, Trey Mitchell was a grad school transfer, right? Good, good, good playing well for them but um no i i'm with you man i think rob is a guy we're gonna have to he's a guy that like we're really really gonna have to continue to monitor just because of the volatility like month to month he might change but once again like i'm not afraid of the volatility which is why i pushed him up my board so much because i just like the fact that he's trying stuff and Corey, the word that you used before, like him buying in, I think is really important. And I think if he's going to show this and show this type of buy-in at Kentucky under Coach Cal, then you have reason to be excited about his outlook on the next level as well. A guy that you're going to believe will continue to buy in and obviously won't be perfect. He's going to be a guy that is going to be raw. You want to continue to develop. But if he's got this type of buy-in and he's going to show flashes like this and continue to grow into these skill sets, I, I, I've got no problem. I think I moved him into my lottery. So mm -hmm. um, I, I think there's just too much there on the bone for you to, as you mentioned, right, in this class, to not have him in your lottery just because we're, we're kind of looking for stars here and looking for guys to be solid NBA rotational guys. And if Rob can – you know, show off this type of play style and uh, with his aggression and athleticism and all that stuff. Hard not to put him in that range. Totally. Let's quickly talk about the defense because ultimately it's like, that's the yeah. thing. It's like, yeah. can he stay on the floor, right? What have you thought about his defense? Um, You know, in baseball, you have five tool guys. Um, Rob Dillingham, not a five tool guy, in my opinion, was what I wrote down. Um, I think... And look, Corey, I, I didn't want to kill him and say he, I thought he was a ter terrible defender because I think, like you mentioned, Corey, he has shown signs of life. Um, and the biggest thing is what I talked about before is that like mentality. He has moments where he's like really feisty on the defensive side of the ball and he shows fight and he sh and he like it's not just simply like showing fight, but he's like showing fight to be in the right spots, which I thought was really cool. Um, even there, you know, he, he's reading the play, makes a good jump on the ball, uh, showing some aggression in the passing lanes as well. It's just he's not the longest guy. Um, I, I haven't seen any wingspan stuff with him, but clearly not the longest guy, um, not the biggest shoulders, small guy still, even with the weight gain, mass gain. And um, in the NBA, the guys get bigger and stronger and faster. And, uh, you know, he's going to have to continue to develop on this end of the floor for him to not be called, you know, a one way guy. Because I think right now at this point in his development, you would be hard pressed to say that de defense is like a strength of his. Once again, like he's shown fight and he's shown like the willingness to defend but he's got to continue to grow he's got to continue to get stronger and in my opinion i think he's also need to, he also needs to get a little bit more discipline because i thought he had some wild moments on the defense side as well yeah i i agree um i do think that you know he's disruptive and the steal percentage is like a, a really great sign like being over three percent um he even has like a half a block um, percentage, which is, you know, given who he is, is, you know, good enough right now. Uh, but you know, he's been good on digs and sometimes, you know, that does get him out of position. So like there is an element of like the gamble to it. Uh, I, I like how you called him feisty. I think that that is the right word. Um, 
I, I think that he's like a guy who has been like pretty good chasing guys off screens. Like he, he stays connected. He's quick and he's like slithery. Um, and that allows him to also like get over defense um, uh, the, of screens and, and whatnot. And like, you know, be feisty. But ultimately I think this possession here is like the ultimate, like what is Rob Dillingham? Like just really great ISO defense, able to stay in front, right? In a guy's shirt, crowding his space. But maybe he's just too little. Damn. It's kind of depressing. But yes, Corey. Um, and really quickly, Corey, I, I did want to say the point that you made about him on digs is really good because he comes so quickly. Like yeah. he he's really good at like feigning like he's not gonna come and then he comes really quick and then he's got some pretty good hands on him too but Corey, th this possession is a great example of what we're talking about like he is small like there's no way we we can't deny it can't hide from it it is what it is but there's a feistiness there's the fight there's a desire to stay in front of his man keep him in front you know keep c contesting but god he just what can you do about that right and if it's against Jalen Brunson in the NBA or even a Dame Lillard or whoever like that that's a really tough I you know but I don't even know if I'm worried necessarily about him guarding those guys it's like sure. Sure. what happens when he gets switched on to Paul George right right you know like and it's just like they'll just rise up and that's the thing it's like are they just going to target this dude on switches initially they will yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be an uphill battle for him, and that's the reality of the situation. So, like, everything that we said on the offense, like, it's got to hit. Because, again, like, defensively, I thought he's got he's, – he gives good effort. He's feisty. Like, he's willing to, you know, show a little bit of that asshole that you mentioned earlier. It's just, like, there are physical limitations. He isn't the longest dude ever. And for sometimes as much effort as you put in, sometimes good offense is better than good defense – and it's just going to be hard for him to contest, you know, when he does get switched on to like those bigger wings. So I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see. I like Rob. Um, he's been, you know, a guy who has been fun to watch this year and just see develop and grow his game because there was an outcome for him that was not this. And he's really given him a shot himself a shot to be like a legit lottery guy in this class. So uh, let's take a quick break and then we will break down Reed Shepard. All right, your boys are back, and it's time to break down Reed Shepard's game. And Reed, uh, Reed is an interesting prospect because you know this is a guy who also is is tiny, um, but he is doing things on a basketball court right now that doesn't it doesn't make sense. So, and because it doesn't make sense how good he's been at his height and with that haircut, you're like, I don't know what to make of it. But like, I'm starting to understand what to make of it. Just completely buying into the Reed Shepard experience. Uh, he really rocks. But I, I like Rob. I would get it if people are skeptical of what he brings to the table, given his size. So... <clears throat> Reed is also listed at 6'3". He's listed at 187. He's got a little bit more, you know, girth yeah. to his, and strength to him than Rob to, with his frame. He's playing 26 and a half minutes per game. He's averaging 12.6 points per game, 4.6 rebounds, 4.3 assists on 58 and a half, 57.8, 89.5 shooting splits. 
74.4 effective field goal percentage, 28.5 PR, 15.3 BPM. He has also mostly come off the bench outside of one start. Uh, we have him at no ceilings at 13 currently um, on our latest board update. ESPN has him at 23, Bleacher Report at 15, The Athletic at 6, Yahoo at 17, Tankathon at 9, average stock price of 13.8. Albert, I ask you, is Reed Shepard's stock too high, too low, or is it just right? Uh, I think the correct answer is too low. Um, he's He's too good. Um, there's something wrong with him. Uh, I think we need to do a documentary, some sort of, you know, investigation as to how he's so good at Corey, the numbers that you read off, those are like the type of numbers, you know, my player will put up in 2k if I have it on like easy mode. Um, <laughs> it doesn't make sense. Like his shooting numbers and numbers everywhere are crazy. We're going to talk about his defense. He's a cheat code on defense. I don't know what's going on. He has, pine tar on his hands um he just rips everything and uh his mom is a celebrity and his mom gets more FaceTime than he does or tv time screen time whatever you want to call it (laughs) she is always on tv and um he's a freak man he's a freak I have him in my top 10 um he's unreal I don't know what else to say but I think he needs to be a higher on everybody's boards because he's there's something wrong with him yeah, he's bordering on the top five for me right now. Um, if he was six five, he would probably be number one. Number one. Number yeah, one. number one. He, he's listed at six three, but he's he's probably oh, maybe he's six two. Probably two. more like six one, right? Like who knows? <clears throat> um, but yeah, it, it's just he's undeniable. <laughs> he is, man. Like, I mean, one that that form perfect picture it's perfect it's picturesque it's literally like out of a textbook right like if you were teaching a kid how to shoot you would want to teach them how to shoot Creed yeah. <laughs> Shepard um so like right away and you know we'll get into to Reed's film right like this dude is just a badass shooter like again beautiful shot he's going to be able to space the floor and when we talk about like his role and what he might be in the nba the fact that easily is just a guy who can catch off you know shoot it off the catch and with a lightning quick release as well um and like his form looks the same every time he shoots it i mean nba level stuff and you know it, it, he is more than just a guy that can you know shoot it out of spot up situations, which is like maybe what you would assume by looking at his supercuts haircut. But like, I mean, quick pitch from the <sighs> logo. Bang, man. Like, like that is a at the garden Mike Green bang type of shot that he he makes. And he makes big shots too. Like he's not afraid of the moment. Um sniper man. Um Mark Price. Mm. Mark Price comes to mind, Corey. Um, mm, another super cut haircut guy. Yeah, exactly. Um, there are a lot of comps, but I yeah. think for me in my head, it's Mark price right now because just the shooting stuff is there. There's real creativity to him too. At times. Um, I just, I love him. <laughs> this guy's <laughs> crazy. Like he, when you watch him on the floor, Corey, it's like, he does 
I don't know if it's because he knows his mom and dad are in the crowd, but it just feels like <laughs> he's so cognizant of always making the right decision on a basketball court. And he plays with so much effort. But the coolest thing about him, Corey, is that he's always playing so hard, but it never looks like he's playing that hard. Um, he just makes everything look so smooth and natural. Um, Robbie Cano, former second baseman of the Yankees, like he was ridiculed for years by the media because like he always looked like he was just loafing around, but it was like a gold glove, gold glove level second baseman and just made every play you ever asked him to make. And Shepard kind of has that to him, man. Like he's playing hard always, but he's so smooth and it doesn't look like he sweats at all that people get like confused of whether he's trying or not. But he's awesome, dude. And the shooting stroke and everything. It just reminds me a little bit of Mark Price. And I'm not even going to claim like I'm old enough to say that like I watched all of Mark Price's games. But, you know, we're NBA junkies and we've right. we seen, were there. Yeah, we were there. And I, I've seen enough of Mark Price. And that's who he reminds me of. And I think it's an interesting comp just because both were small guards that could shoot the shit out of the ball, but could also do stuff with the ball in their hands as well. I love the Mark Price call. I love it. It's so good. He like If you were if you told me you were like, this is Mark Price's kid. I'd be like, oh yeah, yeah. totally oh, makes sense. Believe that <laughs> makes sense. Um, yeah, to me, like, I-, I think it's like if Kirk Heinrich and Clay Thompson had a baby, there it is. Could you know? Could that be who he is? And like, maybe that's just what Mark Price is in yeah, 20, 23, 24. Mm-hmm. Um, But you know, he's got all the stuff with coming off movement and DHOs and all that. But like, I, I think that there's probably some stuff off the bounce that we're going to get to see at the next level that he doesn't necessarily get the chance to show all of the time, but like, this is a tough move and I get it. It's a low shot clock. So he, he has to shoot this off the bounce here. Um, I think he's got one of the best crossovers in the draft. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's something that he's going to be able to go to, to create space and get his own shot. But like, I want to see him in more pick and rolls. There's this weird thing happening in college basketball where a lot of these guards go under for some reason. (laughs) That's not smart. It's not smart to be shooting (laughs) 60% from three. Go over, fight over, (laughs) because it's going to go in. You don't want to give that up. Um, That's such a tough shot too, Corey. Just look at this, dude. Yeah, like tight handle. He... It's just everything's efficient. All the movements are efficient with him. There's no wasted movements with Reed. Like he, like you know, you always hear, and he's going to get like the the player's son thing, you know, just because he's a, a white dude with a supercuts haircut. Um, but like, if you built the player's son in a lab, like it would be Reed Shepard. Yeah, yeah, the coach's son. Like he is, he is the coach's son to a T. His haircut sucks. <laughs> it's so a little, bad, a little bit of the Lego stuff. And we love Reed. Like this is probably the worst thing we're going to say about Reed all show because yep. he's been so good that there's very little that you can actually <laughs> critique in his game. But like, if this dude had like a sleeve and like a taper, <laughs> like everybody would be like, oh, like he's he's Tyler Hero. <laughs> yeah, true, true, true. Oh God, no! But Corey, I, I just going back to what you're saying. Like the 
the shooting efficiency, the actual like body movement efficiency, handle efficiency, the calming presence that he brings to the floor when Kentucky needs him to kind of just calm things down and to run something has been awesome to see as well. And eventually we're going to get to his defense, which I think is just really confuses me as well to how good he is on that side of the ball. But um, I, I don't know, Corey. It, it just, I love what you said though, because I can actually see him being a lead guard in the NBA one day. Um, and that doesn't mean when I say that, like, I think he could be a lead guard doesn't mean that I think he's going to average 27 points per game, but I think he's a guy that you can run your offense through. And I think he could do it at a really high level, which is why I'm moving. Like we both have him so high on our boards right now is just because the size limitations, I get it right. No, a hundred percent. And I'm, I've, I'm notoriously like harsher on smaller guards than you are, Corey. Um, I, I always struggle with small guards, but with Reed, there's an efficiency to him. There's a strength to him. There's an IQ to him. There's a pace to him. Um, also, I love the stuff that he does in transition, like mm-hmm. off of off of rebounds, off of steals. His just desire to run and push things up the floor is incredible. And that's why I think that's also been part of like that great synergy, as we saw before with Rob as well. Um, just a really heady, smart player that is just so capable on off. That's such a tough pull up in, from the mid range, dude. I I love his mid range pull up. <sighs> Here's the thing: I he always gets to his spots. Yeah, he knows where his spots are on the floor, and he gets to them, and it's effortless. So when you say like, I think he can be a lead guard, like, yeah, I think there's a path for him to be the guy who plays with the ball in his hands a lot, like because. He's never sped up. He knows exactly where he's going. He uses the most efficient method to get there. And like, he doesn't play with a ton of like sauce. You know, you're not, you wouldn't be like, oh, Rob's got this crazy bag. Um, or Reed, Reed's got this crazy bag. But yeah. also, what if he does? Right. Like, maybe he does have a bag because like, and he just doesn't need to ever use it. Like, he knows, all right, if the big's in drop, and I'm playing off this high screen. I have this guard coming. Um, he's chasing me. He went over, right? You got to go over. Can't go under on me because I'm going to pull up. So now he's going over. This big's going to drop. Like, I'm just going to pull up at the elbow. And once I pull up for the elbow, it's going to open up everything else for my game. Now, when the big steps up, now the weak side rotation has got to start sinking. So if I need to, now I can hit the weak side corner. Uh, if the big keeps going, like, I'll attack the right. Like, he's just he gets to his spots and he's just capable of doing whatever. And I think like he's going to be on the floor. He's going to find himself on the floor. I think, you know, we look at the success of a guy like pods who's come in and played such an important role for the warriors early on. And now don't get me wrong. Like, um, you know, pods is a little bigger, which, which we also questioned. We're like six, five, like, is he really six, five? And then he measured six, five. So um, pods is bigger than, than Reed, but like, you know, I, I think Reed has that similar level of feel mm-hmm. and impact and just being able to do this at Kentucky and be this good. Um, and, you know, his numbers have also come back down to earth a little bit, you know, in December, but it's, we're talking like, he's still like a 50, 40, 90 guy. Uh, he's, he's just, he's just good, man. Yeah. He's just yeah. so good. Corey, I, I think, and, <clears throat> and then also despite the size, the versatility to his game is going to be huge. As you, you mentioned kind of before, 
what he can do with the ball in his hands and off ball, the spacing that he's going to provide just because he's such a dead eye shooter. And the fact that he's so comfortable playing without the ball as well, it's, it's hard not to get excited about a guy like this because you're never going to be worried about adding a guy like this to your team just because you don't really see like this crazy ego with him, right? You're not worried about him. Like you're not going to be worried about how many touches he gets per game. Of course, eventually I think, you know, with his ability, he's going to be a guy that has the ball in his hands a ton, but it'll never be a problem is what I keep thinking, you know? And it's not just because he has a super cuts haircut and plays like a coach's son, but it's just, that's just who he is. I think as a player, mm-hmm. as a person, right? He, he really cares about winning. He really cares about making the right play. And I think what Every team he ends up on, he'll do exactly what you ask him to do and do that at a really high level. And so considering this class, I think a player of that caliber with, you know, that type of mentality deserves to go really, really high. And so I I think Reed has to be in the top 10 for most people. Yeah, at this point, no doubt. Um, Shout out to everybody watching live in the chat. D. Steven says that pause he did to lull the big man to sleep is Austin Reeves-esque. Um, I think that's probably going to be another comp that that he gets for sure. Um, Now, the one critique, and it's small, and here, before we get into the critique, I mean, his quick crossover, like he's got that between the leg and then that left-to-right cross, and he has one of the quickest first steps in the class. And I know that, you know, we aren't going to hear that much from him because he doesn't look like he should have it, but his first step is so quick. Um, and he's just able to blow by guys with it, especially off that cross, like he does here to get downhill. Uh, but if, if I had one critique to find in his game, he doesn't always pressure the rim a ton. Um, I think he's got nine shots in the half court at the rim so far this year. Uh, and when he does get downhill, he definitely favors going to his right. Uh, but again, that, that cross, now he's downhill, clear lane, soft touch at the rim. When he does go left, though, it it could get a little wonky. Yeah. Um, so he does this thing sometimes when he has to finish through contact with his left where he, like, contorts his body and tries to go back to his right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's, like, the one part of his game where I'm like, that looks a little sloppy, and we, we got to clean that up. But he's still, you know... I think he's 55% at the rim in the half court, uh, which is not, you know, the best ever, um, but he's efficient everywhere. So it's also not the worst. Um, He just needs to maybe get there a little bit more often if possible. And and once he gets there, kind of mix it up and learn how to finish left and right. And maybe he's a guy who also needs a little bit of a floater. I mean, he has the mid range pull up, but, you know, get a little bit deeper to, to get guys with the float game. Corey, I wouldn't be surprised if his mom is listening right now and she takes him to the driveway and says, <laughs> go work on your left hand, bud. Um, I can see that happening. But I, I, I'm, I'm with you. Um, you know, as much as we're, we've been pouring the praise on him, we're not claiming that he's perfect. Um, but, you know, it's just the I think the foundation with him is so strong and the IQ intellect pacing skill set with him is so strong that it's hard for us to just not kind of be head over heels for the guy um, and his game specifically. Um, But yeah, I mean, of course he's got to work on things. And as you mentioned at the top, Corey, eventually people are going to ask questions, man. Like how successful is a six, three guard in the NBA? 
And I think to that, we'll have a lot to say, but he's got to continue to refine his game because, and of course, I also think it's situational right now with where, you know, him playing with Kentucky, you know, he doesn't have uh, like his usage. I haven't, I actually didn't look at his usage, right? Look it up, but I'm sure it's not super high playing with a guy like Rob and Reeves and Wagner yeah, and 17 and a half percent. Exactly. So, you know, we'll see I, I, as the season progresses, I think he'll see the ball more and it, it will get interesting. And with everything that's gone on with Justin Edwards as well, I think that's been a bit of a, curveball for them too i think we were expecting a lot more of him and that just hasn't happened so we shall see we shall see but he definitely has a lot to work on for sure yeah i, I mean uh, really he doesn't have a lot to work he has a lot he has some stuff to work on at the rim but ultimately right like, he's uh, it's you can't critique much from him and i even think there are times where he does look comfortable you know finishing with the left hand like the same foot same hand finish, getting downhill to the left. And now you're like, all right, it's New Mexico State, whatever. But like, you know, again, like shows that quick first step, blow by, finishes over length in a contest. So like, it's there. It's there. It I, it's just right now it's a super low sample and he's still finishing, you know, 55% of those anyway. Yeah. Um, but, and I think now what we've also seen him now, um, switching over to his playmaking a little bit. We've seen him get a little bit of more opportunity to play with the ball in his hands. And I think that that's important because I think that he's a really good passer. Um, he had an 11 assist game yes. recently. 11-11, um, make a wish. So, but like, he's got really good feel. Like that placement, the retreat dribble to like sink the both, you know, the defense up. Um, two goes onto the ball, opens up the roll, weak side tag isn't there, throws it up opposite Jump side pass. of the hoop for you know the alley. It's a sick fucking pass, man. That's off a of one foot too, with like his body turning the wrong way. I don't know what that is. That's because he's his body is opening up right. And he throws it left, like the the core strength you need to make that, but also the feel and touch to get that there perfectly where it needs to be, is an insane pass. Corey, what, like, what did you, you, say, you I, said? I want to go back here quick. Do you see the just the stop on a dime between the like the creation, <laughs> the separation he creates there? That Rock. is such a hard pass to make, man. Yeah, that core strength is insane. He's literally turning the other way and just whips it with two hands off of one foot in the air. I mean, look, Corey, you're right. The passing with him is really interesting, and I can't wait to see more of it in terms of I, I hope he gets to see the ball even more. I hope he gets to make more decisions out of the pick and roll, um, him attacking downhill and making that. I remember that pass. Dude, that weak side hit, two hands, unbelievable. Watch this. Let's, let's watch this again. I, I wish everyone's watching on YouTube because this is – Look at that, dude. To who? To Rob. Yep. Perfect. That synergy we were talking about earlier, right? He knows where he's at. He, 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 oh, God. That's... It's funny how many similarities Reed and Rob actually have when they're on the court together mm, mm. In, in, in their play style, when they're making quick decisions, moving off the ball, relocating, right? Like finding themselves in positions to be open, driving, kicking. It's really pretty basketball. Like Kentucky's a lot of fun to watch, but you know, back to to read. Like the ball should be in his hands more. Yeah, 
we've done the DJ Wagner experiment. Mm-mm. We don't need to see it anymore. God, look at that pass. Like we just don't need it. You know, like <laughs> what is DJ Wagner, Corey? Let's have this conversation because you know I'm not a big fan, but with what you've seen so far, what what is DJ Wagner to you? I mean, I DJ wasn't in my first round on like my first board. Um, Same. So I just, you know, I, we saw him at the Nike Hoop Summit. I saw him again, Iverson, watching his high school film. The fact of the matter is, he's not the shooter that he needs to be in order to soak up the amount of usage that he has. And I, I actually thought at the Global Jam, he was like a little more point guardy. Mm. And I, I think he's had some some moments where he's still learning how to be that. And I think that's the type of player he needs to be, but it's not the type of player that he wants to be probably. Yeah. And um, it's not the type of player he's been told that he is throughout his whole career. And I think that, you know, he's, he's still a small guard too, you know, and he's a guy, he plays hard. He's feisty too. He does some good things, but like, he's a guy that would really benefit from staying in college and, and developing his game. And I just don't see any way that he does that. And I think he's he's a guy that can easily get lost in the shovel once he makes it to the next level because it's like, who's he going to be better? At? You know, what's a skill he's going to go to a team and be better at than their starting, you know, point guard? Right. right. We talk about it all the time. Like, whose spot are you taking? Right. Yeah. Exactly. I, I just can't see it. I can't see it with him. I I I, I brought up the question, Corey, because you know, like when we did our mock, uh, our collective mock, you know. We mocked DJ Wagner to the Knicks and I had freaking conniption because I hated it so much. But <laughs> it's just the thing with him. When I watch him play, I'm just not interested in his game. And I think that's just where he's at right now. It's not a death sentence. I'm not saying anything you know definitive where I'm saying like he's going to be terrible. But I just think where he's at right now, as you said, Corey, there, there's a lot of work needs to be done. Um, and it's not just refinement. I think he's really got to, as you said, right. I think he's got to reconsider his play style, right. How he wants to play the type of player that he wants to be, I think is a really interesting question for him. And I think that's just kind of where he's at and kind of coming back to read though, Corey, I think with more opportunity and more, um, volume, I think he's just continue, he's going to continue to grow. And I, and I, I, and obviously I don't mean like those shooting numbers, right? We all expect those shooting numbers to come down to earth eventually. And, um, not to say that we're thinking, we think he's gonna be a 30% shooter or anything like that, but things will even out eventually. And if they don't, then take him number one in the draft. Right. But, um, <laughs> I, I think, you know, with, with Reed though, at least what the more volume he sees, the more we're going to like, um, just because it, it's not just that he's smart, but he makes quick decisions he shows great anticipation um he knows where to go with the rock where to go with his body just where to be at all times is really really fun to watch and that's just a high level play a quick pass right there that it, it's not fancy at all right if it was steve francis or stefan marbury they would have whipped it with one hand and been you know doing some sort of twirl right but with reed shepherd it's just a quick two head over the head pass inside great look really smart play. And I think the more we see him making decisions with the ball, the more of this type of stuff we're going to see, which is really interesting and makes him that much more desirable. Yeah, no doubt. And, you know, I think the playmaking stuff is the reason that like he has more potential to show what he hasn't gotten to show so far full time, you know, that giving him more usage, like I think will be a plus at the next level, because again, he is a guy that you're going to trust to make the right decision almost every time. 
he's a guy that can go get a bucket himself, but like he will make the right play. He's not going to force anything. He's a guy that if you want to play him next to LeBron, you want to play him next to Luca, you want to play him next to James Harden, insert your, you know, LaMelo ball, your six, eight, you know, creator or whatever. He can play next to that guy and space the floor and do the stuff he's doing now and make quick decisions. But like, ultimately like he does have some juice with the ball in his hands. And I think that's really interesting and is, is going to give him a higher ceiling than, you know, we maybe initially expected coming into the year right um let's now transition to the defense uh because you know that the dude maybe even more fun on that side of the ball and this is a guy who really 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 turns defense into offense yeah you see that athleticism like he's quick as hell he he gets out he reads this the whole way mm-hmm. tag boop uses that length First guy down the floor, two hand stuff. Defense to offense, like easy to. Um, and he does this all the time. Lot. Yeah. <laughs> Corey, there's so many possessions where you see him literally reading the floor, reading the play. You'll see, you know, ball handler gets trapped into a corner, right? And he's baiting it. He's just waiting. Like we always talk about, right? Like a perfect NFL corner, right? Just waiting. He doesn't come too fast where, you know, obviously it blocks the passing lane. He's just waiting and then he pounces and he's a guy that is just so smart, but also has great instincts, right? Cause you can be a guy that can see the play developing, but be a half step late and not make anything of it. Right. But with Reed, it's, he sees everything and then he makes the play right when it needs to be made. Um, another thing with him as we're highlighting here, don't be, do not ever have a loose handle around Reed Shepard. Mm. Uh, you're you're asking for trouble. He's got great hands, strong as hell. His hands. It's a weird thing. Like every time I watched him go swipe for a ball, the ball is out of the player's hands every single time. Like it's never a thing where he'll like swipe at it and the ball kind of stays around or something because it's like not like a full strip. He's getting full strips every single time. Guy has, as I said before, a pine tar on his hands is unbelievable with his hands. So be careful. If you got a loose handle, don't dribble around Reed Shepard. But we see this all the time. The guy has over 30 steals on the season. Like he's incredible. So the stuff that he's doing on the defense side of the ball is just as exciting as you said, but also like even some of the blocks he's had just an unbelievably fun player. Also like Rob great at coming on the double team really fast. Really great hands. Look at that poke away. This is the type of stuff he does all the time, man. It, it's He's so fun. He is. He has a 5.7 steal percentage and a 3.5 block percentage. 6.9 uh, defensive BPM. That's good. It's pretty good. That's good. He's a guard. <laughs> he's a, a guy who is listed at 6'3 that we're saying might be 6'1, and he has a 3.5 block percentage 5.7 steal percentage i mean he's the defensive playmaking the event creation however you want to classify it is sick and then you know he's not a guy who is using his athleticism to come you know over from the weak side and just absolutely you know send somebody shit into the third row his on ball anticipation and timing on shot contest is ridiculous and then, you know, the quick outlet, right, for that turns into a layup. Like, this is 
one of the sickest basketball highlights like you will see if you were a basketball junkie like this is on ball perfect defense full extension and just the wherewithal to look up the floor and make that hit ahead pass for a layup like, that is not a common block at all when no. the hell do we ever see people make this block dude this is not normal stuff it's locked dude. in dude And at this point, this game was close. So, like, this is, you know, like, in go time. But the dude is, he's just good, man. He like, and he has that sturdy kind of base that, like, I mentioned with Jalen Brunson, right? That where it's like, look, I, do I think that there are going to be matchups he'll really struggle with? Like, yeah, I think he's going to struggle against Kawhi. I think he's going to struggle against Paul George and, you know, those big wings, Jason Tatum, you know, insert whoever. But, like, at the same time, like, he's just so fundamentally sound and I think he's going to get even stronger and like, he's not going to be a guy that you just panic when he does get a switch onto him. We're like, Oh, we like, we have to game plan. We have to pre-switch, you know, we have to do all this extra stuff. Like you'll live with it to a certain point and like make them prove that you can't live with it. And I think like ultimately like he's enough of a competitor that like he'll, he'll be able to figure it out and and not kill you um like some other small guards will i mean we talked about rob being feisty reed's feisty too this whole possession he's like uh, you're not losing me dog he chases him the whole way contests that shot at the end fights for the defensive rebound and he's like let's run in transition i mean this this guy it, he may not have like a loud personality but he plays really loud man it's just mm-hmm. such an impactful offensive and defensive player. Just a, he's a basketball player, right? People talk about Hooper. He may not necessarily be a Hooper, but he's a basketball player, an impactful one who's always making an impactful play on both ends of the floor. I mean, just he's a winning player, right? That's the best way to put it. He's a winner. Yeah. And I, I'm really excited to see how not only his season, but this team season kind of progresses now that they got Bradshaw back too. Like, I, I really wonder what this is going to look like by the end of it uh, mm-hmm. later on in March as well. Just because of, you know, that synergy between those two guards, plus, you know, some of the bigs that they've got. I, I think it's going to be so, so interesting to watch his development, man. I I just can't wait. And everything that you said, Corey, right, about the things that he's going to have to work on and he's going to have to develop. And, you know, he will struggle at times. But look, the, the truth of the matter is, Corey, what you said, he'll struggle against Kawhi, he'll struggle against Paul George, Jimmy Butler, Tatum, whatever. You know what? Most people do. Even, you know, the defensive stalwarts, they struggle against those guys. And I think the thing with Reed is that he's so smart and such a competitor and so stocky and strong that I think he's going to at least give those guys a hard time. Yeah, I'm with you, man. Like, um, he really just is so fundamentally sound. And he's just like, if you like basketball, like, it's hard to watch Reed Shepard hoop. And not just appreciate like the way that he plays. Yeah. You know, like th- this is, I-, I don't know what to say. He's just like a dream when it comes to making decisions. And like, if he would, if your team drafts him, you like, it would be hard for you to be super upset. And like we mentioned, like there's probably a little bit under the surface. He's not necessarily getting to show like, which again is a common theme with Kentucky guards. Right. And, with that 17 and a half usage percentage, like what if he's at 25%? Corey, I I'm really like hesitating and saying this, but some of the stuff with him, I, 
and I'm not making this as a comp, right? I still think my comp is Mark Price, but some of the stuff I've seen with him, it, it, you can't help but think of Devin Booker, man. Some mm -hmm. of the stuff, like some of that mid-range stuff is just like, good God. It, it's it's so pretty and tight and so fundamentally sound. You can't help but like be reminded of a Devin Booker. I'm, once again, it's not a comp, just saying, you know, there's a little, little tinge, a little sniff of that at times. And also another Kentucky guard that, you know, got to shine, um, got to spread his wings a little bit more on the NBA level. And I think she reads that guy too, man. I can't wait. Yeah, getting to watch him at the next level is going to be a lot of fun. Like, I mean, if you're a young team like the Pistons, like how high is too high to take Reed Shepard? Good God. Like, what does that team need? Like, they need dudes that could, one, shoot the ball so they could space the floor um, for, you know, Asar, Nivey, and Cade, Jalen Duran. Like, they need uh, floor spacers as many as they can get. They need guys who know how to play the game of basketball and don't just have a bunch of physical tools, right? Like they need guys with super high feel. They need guys that are just good at the game of basketball. How high is too high for Reed Shepard? If you're the Detroit Pistons, right? Like, do you need Isaiah Collier? If you're the Detroit Pistons, because the mocks say that Isaiah Collier is a, a higher potential pick. Like if you're the Detroit Pistons, is that what you need? You need Isaiah Collier. You don't need Isaiah Collier. You you'll be excited about him during summer league, and then you know maybe you know some preseason garbage time, and then all of a sudden it's like, all right, here's another guy that is just like clogging what we want to do, doesn't complement our best players, and blah blah blah, right? Like so, there's so many guys. It's like, how much better does is this guy going to make us? Is he the sexiest? No, he doesn't have a you know a fade and a tattoo sleeve. He's got a super cuss haircut, but the dude rocks as a basketball player. So I, I think that there's going to be real arguments for him as a top five pick. And in this draft, I don't think that's crazy. And you know what? Maybe in other drafts, it wouldn't be crazy either. Cause this Maybe. dude is putting up video game numbers right now. And if he can continue <clears throat> to play at a super high level, the rest of this, you know, season, it's going to be hard to just, you know, chalk it up to like variance and luck or whatever. Um, I just think Corey, he's going to be somebody better, man. To your Pistons point, if you put Mark Price next to Cade Cunningham, they'd be a better team. <laughs> yeah. It's as simple as that. Like, straight up. Like, if you put Mark Price with Cade Cunningham on that team, they wouldn't be losing 27 games in a row. I, I really believe that. And I, and that's how I feel about Reed Shepard, dude. I really think he's going to be – I'm right there with you. He's a guy that I would be totally unafraid of taking in the top five right now is how I feel about him because I, I everything he's showing in college is great. I can't wait to see what this looks like on the NBA level. Like, that's why, like, I wish we could draft him now. Like, we could just skip the whole rest of the college yeah. basketball season and just throw him on an NBA team right now and see what that looks like. I, I think it's it's that good. It's that freaking good. All right. Uh, thank you for everybody watching live on YouTube and Twitter slash X. Uh, appreciate y'all. As always, if you are watching on YouTube and you haven't yet, if you're new here, welcome. We love you. Let's start 2024 off right. And that means that you're locked in. Subscribe to the No Ceilings Facebook uh, or YouTube channel. Um, like, subscribe, share with your friends. Um, make sure that if you're listening to this on your podcast feed, that you rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. Five stars. Do it for your boys. Um, Albert, last show of uh, 2023. This is our third calendar year that we've you know been doing this show.
it's still crazy to think about. I still remember like when we first started talking about starting this pod and now we're part of the no ceilings family and doing all this stuff. I, I just want to say really, really appreciate all of our listeners. Um, all the people that have been rocking with us for years. Um, as always, Corey, I will always thank you for uh, believing in me and, you know, doing this with me for three years. And I know I'm not the perfect scout, perfect, co-host whatever but it's been such a thrill for me to be doing this and to be learning from you um you being such an awesome mentor to me all these years has been awesome and just being a partner and us doing this together has been great and so thankful for our listeners man uh thankful for our no ceilings family um can't wait for 2024 it's gonna be an awesome year and um actually Corey, before we go just wanted to plug myself um at alberto gim uh on twitter gtg nba on instagram and also uh for the first time well not the first time but like now kind of officially i'm wearing a, a bit new york uh this this is happening now kevin park um he's uh his company's name is a bit new york www.abitnyc.com and he's at a bit.nyc on instagram he's gonna be dressing me for pods now which is pretty freaking cool um a guy that started a brand that i really believe in um he's all about people finding their identities like that's like his big thing identity chasers only is what the sticker says and he makes a lot of awesome merch and so uh we're eventually going to do like some collab stuff with him which will be cool and you guys can find that and we'll send links out and stuff like that but um just wanted to give a special shout out to kevin and um all the clothes i'll be wearing from now on on our pod will be made by him which is pretty damn cool as well but um yeah one last time Corey. Thank you so much, dude. It's been such an awesome ride in 2023, and I can't wait for what we do in 2024. I'm excited for all of it. Wouldn't want to do the show with anybody else, my man. Um, it has been a ride. Excited about the future. That hoodie looks super comfy. It's awesome. Super comfy for the for the winter time. So um, make sure you hit that link. And uh, you can follow me at Corey Teleba on Twitter, uh, NBA Draft Dude elsewhere. And um, again, we appreciate you guys rocking with us. Everybody have a safe, happy holidays. Make sure you're using Lyft and Uber and all that stuff. That's Let's right. Make good decisions. Close the year. Making good decisions, right? Um, again, we'll see you next week. Breaking down some more guys. We out. Peace. Peace.